party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Mercedes Acosta for a game of Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast. Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast is a slice-of-life tabletop RPG about a heartless witch, a comfy house, and all of the residents making their home inside. The game is currently crowdfunding on Indiegogo. It has blown away its goals. It is tearing through stretch goals. Uh, It's got some very cool goals coming up. You should check out the Indiegogo campaign at tinyurl.com slash yazebabnb for more information, or you can check the show notes. Mercedes is one of the game's writers, as well as a comic book artist, gardener for sustainability, street medic, and harm redux worker. You can find him on Twitter at Big Nose Agenda. Y'all, Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast is a wonderful game. It is a game that I really love. I'm really glad that I got to play it on the show. And I'm also really glad I got to play it, speaking of transitions, into other things that I want to talk to you about. I'm glad I got to play it on the Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast podcast, which is, well, I will allow myself to explain. Once upon a time, the world was cruel, and there was a witch who knew it well. And so she sold her heart away and built a house in the woods where the world could never find her. At first, she would let no one into her fortress, but... In the long march of days, a strange thing happened. In her own cold and spiteful way, the witch made a friend, and then another, and then several more until her house was teeming with colorful faces and complicated lives. Welcome to Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast, an actual play miniseries by Possum Creek Games and Jeff Stormer, in which an all-star cast of players, Erica Tanosayas, B. Zelda, Brennan Lee Mulligan, Kara Assertion, Danny Quatch, Gian Shim, Jeff Stormer, Kate Nix, Matthew Mercer, Michelle and Bradley, Spencer Sunboy, Vanna, Viditia Valetti, play a slice of life tabletop RPG about a heartless witch, a peaceful house, and all the folks who have made their home inside. You can find more information about the podcast and the game at tinyurl.com slash yazebabnb. As you can imagine, uh, this podcast was really, really special to me. Uh, We told some really wonderful stories with some really special guests, and I'm really, really proud of it, and I think that you should check it out. You can find a link to that in the show notes. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with Mercedes Acosta. Mercedes, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, So real quick, at the top of the show, before we dive in, why don't you take a moment to let our lovely listeners at home know about uh, anything you've got going on, as well as what game we are playing this week and where people can find it online. Hi, my name is Mercedes Acosta. I am a writer for Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast, which is the game that we are playing together this week. I heavily developed Amelie, a robotic housekeeper who features very prominently in this chapter. In my spare time, I'm a gardener for sustainability, a street medic, and a harm redux worker who does outreach with the homeless folks in my city. Love it. So talk to me about Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast. Give us the the 10,000 foot pitch. I I admittedly uh, am pretty familiar with it, but give us the uh, give us the pitch for people for people listening who want to learn more about the game. Okay, Yazeva's Bed and Breakfast is a game that is designed to be, first and foremost, very easy to sit down, get started, and play in a short period of time. You don't have to worry about big buildup of a five-hour-long campaign session or sitting down and spending three hours on character creation. One of my favorite things about Yazeva's is that it comes with characters pre-made that you select from. There's Parrish, the frog who is the cook for the bread and breakfast, the titular Yazeba, who owns the bed and breakfast, a grouchy witch who sold her heart to be left alone by the world and ended up adopting half of its misfits anyway. It's a really fun game that features themes of found family, um, rejection, magic in the ordinary, as well as the extraordinary, and finding out who you are and discovering personhood. And that's not just for Amelie, the robotic housekeeper who I did a lot of the character development for. Uh, so I love Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast a whole, whole lot. I've spent a lot of time playing this uh, playing this game, and it, it, it continues to fill me with joy. I could not be uh, more excited to play it today. It is uh, just a game that is very, has become very, very close to my heart. I am so glad to hear that. We listened to an actual play by Carrie and Comfort Studios the other day, and in the Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast creation server, like the Discord server where all the writers and artists are, we were just going berserk in the general chat listening to it, and it's 
it's met with a lot of popularity from people. And the fact that so many people are resonating it was with Yazebas in so many different ways is I don't, it feels good. It feels good to see people look at something we create and just really find some bit of joy in it. It's incredible. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I, I think that as artists, it's the thing that we're most reaching for, you know, it, 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 as, as, as someone that, you know, in game design, as in podcasting, as in, I think all art in some degree, it is a message in a bottle and seeing and getting to see people like get the, get the bottle and read the message and fall in love with it is like a profoundly joyful and validating experience. Yes. I, I, I forgot to mention this in the um, intro, in my little intro, but I also do comic art and I'm doing a graphic novel for kids right now. And um, I, I'm going to be honest, like, obviously I want it to sell well because I want financial stability. Sure. But listen, if, if kids read it and love it, that's what I want. That's, that's and, what it's, that's what you're after. That's what we're, that's it's, it's. Speaking of kids, Yazeba's, even though so there's been this ongoing joke um, and I've played into it on Twitter where people pretend that Yazebos was this show in the nineties that we're all, we all remember and we're so fond of kind of like Arthur mm-hmm. or um, it just, just any number of the, if I, I would start listing the really obscure ones, but like any number of those shows in the nineties and early two thousands that a lot of people our age, a little bit older grew up on um, our age, maybe in 27 years old. Uh, but we wanted to play upon the nostalgia that people yeah. have for, you know, when you were a kid and these characters lives were, that was what you were invested. You weren't worried about paying bills or anything, or at least you weren't supposed to be. And you were able to be invested in these characters lives. We wanted to pull on that nostalgia and make people feel the way you might feel with a, a kooky, wacky Saturday morning cartoon. I, I, it's, it's one of the things I really love about the game. And it's one of the things that I've been really excited about. And I'm excited to, to play this episode today or this chapter today, because I know that it is a two player chapter. It's got, it's got, it's got some of my favorite characters in it. Amelie is a character that is also very close to my heart. Uh, I, I I love to hear that. I love, I love, I love a lot about the game and I'm really, really excited. Uh, today we are playing Yzeba's Bed and Breakfast, Chapter 15, Shovels at Dawn, with Gertrude and Amelie and no one else at all, in which Gertrude and Amelie clear a path through the snow alone while thinking about what it means to take care of others. Uh, so we have some initial uh, fiction to uh, to guide us into the chapter. We'll read through that fiction, um, and then we will introduce the characters that we are playing, and then we will uh, play through the game. Eventually mechanics will come up. We'll explain those mechanics as they do, and then we will uh, in- enjoy a chapter in the story of Yuseba's Bed and Breakfast. Every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> Gertrude awoke to a banging and clattering and roused herself blearily to find Amelie in the laundry room, outfitting themselves with a puffy coat and wielding a big plastic shovel. It's so early. What are you doing? She yawned. There has been an overnight snowfall of seven and one quarter inches. Amelie screwed a red knit cap onto their head and their antenna sprunged through a hole in the top. Somehow, improbably, they made this look very serious. All pathways on the premises must be clear before Yazeba's opens. Gertrude looked out the window and saw the ground blanketed in the snow and the snow blanketed in sleepy dark. It was quite a lot of snow. She couldn't even see the horseshoe pits. You're going out there all by yourself? Amelie stared at Gertrude for a moment, then slowly turned their gaze towards the second shovel that was leaning up against the washing machine. Then they left. Gertrude found herself blinking away sleep and pulling on a pair of someone else's boots. So let us let's go ahead and read through our individual character playbooks and introduce the the characters that we're playing in this chapter. Uh, I can go first. Uh, I'm playing Gertrude, a masked teenage runaway uses she her pronouns. Some facts about Gertrude. Gertrude is very secreted. Uh, I feel scared often. I am a moody teenager. I live on top of the dryer in the laundry room. I feel terribly insecure about my gender and appearance, so I wear a mask to hide my face. I am conf- I am confident Yazeba doesn't like me. I plan on finding somewhere else to stay eventually. I have never fallen in love, and I never will. And I don't have a lot of friends here. So introduce us to your care. Who are, who are you playing this week? 
I am playing Amelie, a workaholic robotic housekeeper who uses they-them pronouns. I want to clean up after everyone. Silliness does not compute. I want to become a real person. The voice, the voice. I I, I had to pause and just pump my fist because the voice is very good. Oh, thank you. I practiced it. The the voice made me extremely happy. The thing is, like, because because we uh, because we recorded the actual play and which is out in the world by the time this episode drops so I can talk about it freely. um, Like, I've heard Amelie done a few different ways and I've heard like kind of all the characters done in different ways. It's one of the things I really like about the the act, the podcast. I, I, the fact that I can still be surprised and still like, like I get to you, the, the getting to experience how, how different voices and players and, and play styles like approach the character voices and the character mannerisms like continues to fill me with so much joy. That's one of the things I love about Amelie. And honestly, it extends to every character, every resident at the bed and breakfast. I obviously personally love Amelie because I've, basically was in charge of her character development and I do I want to say this too I do occasionally use she her pronouns interspersed with they them pronouns for Amelie because one of Amelie's key journeys is her exploring personhood and you know seeing it's very subtle but seeing Gertrude who is canonically trans and thinking huh girl I like that I want to be that. I, I vibe with that. I feel it. I feel girl. I feel womanhood, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like the one character who starts out like, oh, you said they have pronouns comes out as binary. Um, and for me, gender has always been way more of a spectrum as opposed to like, okay, are you woman? Are you man? Are you non-binary? Are you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So for Amelie, for them to exist in this space where they are both non-binary and a woman as they explore personhood and what it means to exist outside of a caretaker role, outside of service to others, was really important for me to put in there. And I think that's something people can relate to whether they're trans or not. Uh Um, Like, you know, I'm also a caretaker, both for my elderly, uh, my puppy who I live with and I take care of him. And then, you know, all of my friends on the streets who I care for regularly in my street medic work and my harm reduction outreach. Somewhere along the line in late 2021, I had looked at myself and I'm like, I am burning myself out to a husk to care for other people. And a lot of that thought and feeling went into Amelie, especially too, because um, in indigenous cultures around the world, not just, you know, when, like uh, a lot of times if you say indigenous, people think like American indigenous, but mm-hmm. indigenous cultures around the world, people of third or fourth genders or whatever culturally specific gender they identify as have a social and cultural and oftentimes religious role. In it. And it usually ends up being a healer or death doulas or people who care for dead bodies before interment or cremation, you know, some kind of service role. And I was thinking about that in relation to Amelie as I was creating her and building up on her. And I remember saying to the group, like, what do you guys think about her at the end being like using she, her pronouns, like maybe the last or the second to last or the couple of last chapters you that maybe in the fiction the characters refer to Amelie with she her pronouns and everyone was like yeah we we vibe with that um and apparently even before I took over Amelie that was the end goal for their character I love it I I I I I know that theoretically we have to play the game, but I, I I could also just say like like all of y'all have put so much thought into the little pieces of this game that like I completely catch myself like when I when I when 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 I hear you talk about it, just like head in hand, like uh huh, yeah, good. <laughs> so uh, I love it. I, it. I it makes me very happy to hear it. Um, so we are uh, we are Amelie and Gertrude. We are shoveling snow. Um, and this is a pensive chapter. There are four chapters in Yezeba, or four moods in Yezeba's Bed and Breakfast that reflect the different flows of chapters and the different ways that uh, rule, uh, like rules and mechanics impact the story. Uh, this being a pensive mood chapter, 
Uh, we are going to start by uh, selecting some questions and we're going to write them down. Uh, we're going to keep them private for now. I'm going to drop them into the Discord chat that we have going. And we will uh, reveal them when uh, they come time to be answered. How that's going to work is we have a number of tokens that we will be putting onto individual questions. And when we reach the point where we're ready to answer said question, we will read said question out loud. And then we will we will provide it our own answers. So uh, Amelie and Gertrude both have a question to ask. We have some suggested questions here. Um, I'm going to... Oh, this question here I really, really like. So I'm gonna put it in the Discord chat. That's got that's got some that's got some energy that I really want to uh to play with. And that's the question that I'm really excited to kind of yeah. Once you drop once you drop a question in the Discord chat, we will uh then start playing through the scene. I'll kind of explain briefly how the mechanics work and then we will uh shovel some snow. Both of these questions are too good. Um, okay, that's enough. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with vibes. I love it. I love it. Good question. Re- good question. Like hmm. the thing is, is that these questions like together are very good and are going to push the story in a very interesting direction. And uh, uh, that's teasing the listener. But uh, you know what? Sometimes that's what sometimes that's what podcasting is. It's um, what they deserve. Exactly. You know what you were getting into opening this podcast up. So uh, the way this is going to work, because this is a pensive chapter. Uh, the two questions that we've written down both have 10 tokens on them each. When we do uh, a bingo or a whoopsie, those are the two kinds of uh, moves or actions that we take in uh, Yazebas. We will take a, que- a token off of one of those two questions and we will uh, either keep it for ourselves or give it to someone that we think uh, could benefit from it. We may also place those take those tokens onto uh, one of three uh, five-part tracks that represent the job in front of us that is shoveling the snow. The snow that's fallen is wet, heavy, and lethargic, but we have to clear out some paths, one to the mailbox, one to the propane tanks, and the whole gravel drive. Uh, so as we are collecting tokens, we can choose to place them onto these tracks. Once we have uh, filled those tracks, then the, the shoveling is done and we can celebrate. And when when and if some of those questions start to run out of tokens on them. Those is when we will go around and answer those questions based on the experience that we've had shoveling this now. And so uh, with that rules explanation out of the way, um, what is the first thing that we see? What is the first thing Gertrude sees as she, as she kind of emerges into the snow uh, following behind Amelie? As Gertrude steps out behind Amelie, she sees white snow blanketing the world and thin black trees reaching up to the skies, their many thin little branches bare of any leaves, resembling more than anything, areoli in the lungs. The snow is bright, white, and quiet. It's almost peaceful until Amelie interrupts. There is a rock right here under the snow. Have care. And Amelie's leg automatically lifts up over it, Amelie's leg clears the rock with the ease of practice. And I think I'm going to immediately make a whoopsie and pull a token off of my question and hand it straight to you. Because seeing all of this snow, seeing the whole world washed away in this sea of white and knowing that there are rocks buried under the snow and Seeing, knowing that that we've got to shovel the propane tanks and the mailbox and the driveway, and that if we don't shovel the driveway, Sal's going to be upset. And if we, if we, if we, if we shovel it too well, then Sal is going to be angry that we didn't also scrape the ice off of his off of his van. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Amelie is immediately going to make the whoopsie uh, of. Uh, so Gertrude is going to. Gertrude slams the shovel into the into the snow and pouts and looks around and goes, oh, but we're going to we're going to be out here all day. I I really wanted to. I had a chapter of this book I was going to read. I, the the prince had just revealed that he had the heart of a dragon and he was about to learn to teleport. And I'm not even going to get to read it today. And you can always go back inside if you like, Gertrude. And Amelie stares at her. Oh, that's really, really good. And 
I know that I'm just firing off moves here. I'm so used. I was about to say, I'm so used to operating with like a GM that I was like, I was like waiting for someone to be like, oh, that's a bingo from Amelie that anticipates the like lookout for Dirac. That's an anticipation of her potential mess. But that was a bingo from Amelie. Love it. Uh, She anticipated Gertrude potentially tripping over the rock and stopped it from happening so that Gertrude wouldn't fall into the wet snow. I don't know if you've ever fallen into wet snow. It's the, it's the absolute worst. It is the, it is the Satan's trick living, living, growing up in New Jersey and Philadelphia. (laughs) Like it is, it is hell. It is uh, a nightmare and it is, it is the worst thing. Um, So that means that because you made a bingo, you are going to take uh, a token off of one of the two questions um, uh, and take it for yourself. And because I made a whoopsie, I am taking a whoopsie off of my question and uh, handing that to you, which means you have two tokens. You can hold on to those tokens or you can place them onto one of our uh, three tracks, or you can, you can hold on to them for now and spend them later. So after Amelie reminds Gertrude that, you know, she can go back inside, they turn away and immediately methodically and with the ease of experience begin shoveling. It might intimidate the average person just how much Amelie is effortlessly picking up with their shovel, but they continue to go at it, not unlike a machine. (laughs) I'm handing you another token because, like, I know that I'm firing off bingos and whoopsies here, but, like, really, truly, there's no way Gertrude gets that reaction and does not assume the worst of what is going on. And, like, does not immediately assume that Amelie is very, very mad at her and is very, very upset about upset is very, very upset and is very, very worried that she has upset her friend Amelie. And so, like, kind of quietly grabs the shovel and is like, kind of like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, okay. Uh, and, like, is, is, is in that space of, there's that moment where you feel where, where you kind of like act selfishly. And then like that realization that you are not alone in the world, like snaps back into place. And that's exactly where Gertrude head is. It is at, mm. at this exact moment. Oh, poor Gertrude. I know that so well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm real familiar with it. It's uh, so that's, that's, I think where Gertrude is at. So I'm handing you a, you have, you have three tokens in front of you at this moment. Okay. Very cool. So I'm going to go ahead and put one of the tokens on one of the three-part tracks as Amelie is just going at this snow. They've already cleared two feet, like two square mm-hmm. feet. Can I, can I ask you, can I ask you and propose a, a, a detail that has something has bounced into my head based on what you just said? Mm-hmm. Like when you said two square feet, I imagine like very specifically like a geometric square is shoveled. And then the yes. next geometric square, like it is, it is one at a time and they are like perfect geometric squares. Kind like, as like, like I said, like as though you were filling in a sheet of graph paper, one square at a time. Yes. That's Amelie. I love it. I love it a whole lot. I think Gertrude is Gertrude could not be shoveling more differently. I think that she has, uh, I think that she has, uh, like chosen. So which of the three, uh, which of the three tracks have you filled in? What, what area is Amelie shoveling right now? Driveway. All right. I, I, I think that the, I imagine the propane tanks are the furthest from the driveway. So I think that's where Gertrude is shoveling right now. At least immediately because she assumed Amelie was mad and like immediately just noped out of there to the furthest like possible location just to like kind of like regain her composure her mask which is this plain white mask with little uh little black eyes on it is like fully over her face you can see her face is bright red behind the mask and and she is shoveling and she is shoveling and i'm taking i'm taking a bingo for myself and i'm going to put it onto the propane tank cuz i think that i think that 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 like as as she uh, is, is as she is like is is having this panic attack 
she like drives the shovel into the snow and like she does it in that really there's like if you've ever like shoveled like deep snow there's that moment where you dig in and like the only way to really like get under it is to just kind of punch the shovel for all that it's worth <laughs> and i imagine she does that as she's like thinking about the things that she's not doing and the, th- the all the work that she has in front of her and it, it for someone that is that is so into like big high fantasy novels as Gertrude, it's got a there's a little bit of that like ha! like a like a like stabbing or rapier, and I imagine that that's a moment that she has of like, oh, this is oh okay, this this has made me laugh, and so I'm like I'm enjoying this, and I'm getting excited about something new, as I think she's finding that the act of like driving the shovel into the snow is not entirely unenjoyable. Oh, good for Gertrude. I love this for her. I do too. As Gertrude is going ham on the snow, Amelie is methodically clearing this driveway leading to Saul's van. And she, in her head, has a grid of the most efficient way to clear the snow, starting in the middle or starting from the outside, throwing it over into the yard so that they don't inadvertently pile up more snow for themselves to shovel. I love it. And as they're doing this, they glance over at Gertrude, who finally seems to have found their stride. And I'm going to take a bingo for myself as Amelie begins to process a feeling that is not 100% in their index yet. There's a sort of warm glow in the little terrarium heart that they have. Different from the usual humidity for the plants, they are an environmentally friendly robot and they are powered completely by plant and aquaponic work. But they've never felt this kind of warmth before, and it takes a while to identify it. But it's pride. Not bad pride or arrogance, but pride in someone else. Watching Gertrude suddenly shift from this arrogant, whiny, let me retake that, Watching Gertrude shift from this whiny, bratty teenager unwilling to engage in hard work to suddenly someone who can find honest pleasure in hard work pleases them. And it makes them feel a little bit better about themselves, too. And I think at that moment, I fall headfirst into the snow and just like Gertrude just disappears in that moment, like gets way too into a swing and like. You're kind of you're kind of hearing her from across the yard be like, yeah, huh, huh, and just like the the shovel slides and then Gertrude slides, and then suddenly there's not a Gertrude like present in the snow. And that is me messing up something I thought I could handle. Oh no, poor Gertrude. So while Amelie is watching Gertrude feeling this pride in their chest this gladness that, you know, Gertrude is finally sorting, finding honest pleasure in something aside from distant fairy tale books. Their eyes get, you know, they have this glow about their face and they're looking at Gertrude with pride and she falls head first into the snow and Amelie's eyes cut to half moons. And on anybody else, a look like that could be called disappointed. Mm. So Amelie throws down their shovel for a second and marches over to Gertrude, effortlessly wading through the snow, a little bit slower than they would normally. They do have some rocket-powered Heelys and activate those for the last push, even though they're not supposed to use them in winter because it's bad for their actuators. But sometimes you just gotta. Listen, if I had rocket-powered Heelys, I would oh, use them all winter's the time. Not, winter's not going to stop me from using my rocket-powered Heelys. Exactly, exactly. Amelie looks down at Gertrude, who has fallen into the snow. Gertrude, are you all right? Um, And it is quiet for a very, very long time. Like, uh, it, it's silent, and then you hear... <laughs> Ow, 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 
think so. I think so. As Amelie is hearing this, their arms raise up and their extendable arms reach out and they plunge into the snow, gently feeling around for Gertrude and grab her under the armpits and very gently lift her up onto her feet within the snow. She's still covered in snow, but at least she's vertical now. And the mask is sort of like the mask has sort of been jostled and is sort of diagonal on her face. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, there are snow and there's like a few uh, like there are there are visibly some like uh, like small cuts in the jacket that she's wearing. Like she's been scraped, she scraped across a couple of rocks, oh. but like but like visible and, you know, like vis, but like audibly, like she's still like. <laughs> So Amelie is watching this with no amusement at all. And frankly, Miss Gertrude, I cannot understand what you find amusing about falling in the snow. Uh, and that's a whoopsie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a token because right. Amelie is misunderstanding ambiguity and nuance. Uh, uh, her arms retract respectfully, but one of them does turn briefly. One of the, her other extensions comes out and it's a little like a little tiny push broom that you can use. And she dusts some of the snow off of Gertrude's head and then off of each of her shoulders. Uh, and, and Gertrude kind of pauses for a moment and like still kind of like holding the back of her neck. Uh, I fell over and it's funny. It's funny to fall over. It's, you think that you're not going to fall over and then you fall over. It's, it's funny. I never fall over unless Sal pushes me. Is Sal pushing you? He shouldn't push you. It's usually an accident. Okay. She, she immediately like softens her defensiveness a little bit. The hand kind of goes back around her neck. All right. But if he pushes you, you have to tell me that he pushed you. He's not supposed to do that. I drew something that like Sal and Amelie went to a mosh pit and Amelie was just like, if I start moshing, I'm going to mess these people up. Cause I'm made of metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that. It's I also, good. I should have brought something to squeeze. Cause like the idea of Amelie sitting there and just like, like brushing the snow. It's so cute. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. And it, it makes me happy. I'm sitting here like grinning and I'm like, I don't have any, like, I don't have like a little squeeze ball to squeeze so that I don't know. It excites me. <laughs> Play, playing games excites me. That's, that's playing the, games can be fun. <laughs> that, shocking, like shockingly and, and not, and, and uh, it's my favorite thing to re-remember. Um, Gertrude like kind of pauses and like, you know, kind of like lets her defenses back down for a moment. And is like, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. No more jokes. No more laughing. Stop making me laugh. It's time to get to work. And like immediately, uh, I'm putting another token onto our propane tanks. Uh, like at, at first, it's it's she starts she starts shoveling, but like there's a good solid minute where Amelie is just watching Gertrude kind of like mittens on her hands like shovel through the snow to find the shovel to start shoveling and she finally finds it and like lifts it up over her head's like haha all right and then just continues to get back to work which is me putting a token onto propane tanks god damn propane propane and propane accessories i, I had to get the freaking <sighs> i was like i was like i'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna make a Hank Hill reference, and then I did. So this is a this is a pro Hank Hill podcast, and he's pro Hank Hill podcast. It's, it's an official Hill, stance of the show. We want him 2022 Hank Hill. We're pro, we're pro, we're, we're, we're pro Hank Hill. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? Oh my god! Okay, so after a minute of watching Gertrude struggle to find her shovel. And once Amelie ascertained that Gertrude has retrieved her shovel and does not need her help anymore. And as Gertrude was shoveling it, she was on the verge of like just going in there and grabbing the shovel for her. And then something stopped Amelie. And right as they decided, no, I'm not going to grab it for her. 
Gertrude found her shovel. So Amelie turned and headed back to the driveway and continues to methodically and efficiently cubic foot by cubic foot shovel the driveway leading down to Sal's van. And I have a token. I'm going to go ahead and put it on driveway. So we have three tokens on driveway right now. And I think two on propane. That is correct. Oh, yes, I can do math. That is correct. I can do math. Um, and as Amelie is methodically shoveling this snow foot by foot, square by square, a memory resurfaces in Amelie's data files of the first time they ever shoveled the driveway of the bed and breakfast. They didn't know about the rock then. They had never fallen in wet snow before, but that day they fell many times, getting used to it, mapping the B&B with their head, learning how much weight had to be applied to get in through the wet snow with a shovel and exactly how much weight had to be leveraged to lift it up and throw it efficiently without spilling the snow anywhere. Amelie remembers on that first day, there was no one there to pick them up and brush the snow from their head and shoulders. And I think your memory is cut. Is cut. It, like you're, you're remembering this and you're kind of jolted back to reality by a voice. It, it's a, she's a teenager and the only way that I can describe it is shrieking, is shrieking just behind your ear. That is so cool. And you, you, you look behind you and Gertrude head in her hands is looking at all of the shoveling that you have done and is like pointing going like, it's so, how did you, it's like, but like when I do that, that, that's so cool. You got, you, you, I need you to show, you have to show me how to do that. You have to show me how to do that right now. I need to, that is so cool. That is, that is so cool. Oh my God. I, mine looks so messy and yours looks so cool. And I just, I, you're so good at the, oh my God. And has like buried her head, buried her mask in her hands as she is just so giddy looking at like looking at how how like effortlessly and like efficiently and like neatly you have shoveled the snow. Amelie straightens from their obtuse angle, obtuse angles being the most energy efficient ways to shovel snow, of course, and looks at Gertrude. Miss Gertrude, if I might remind you that I am easily two feet and seven inches taller than you. It might be more difficult for you to attempt a cubic foot of snow. Why don't we try a cubic half foot? Uh, and you, 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 Amelie, can see it behind the mask. You see kind of the edges of the smile forming on her face. Um, I am taking two bingos here. As the first one was give someone a genuinely sweet compliment. And the second is uh, like, we, 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 we see the face and then we, uh, we kind of watch the camera, like, like fly down to the snow and then pan back up. And there is like an unexpectedly perfect cubic half foot of snow that has been, that has been like cut, uh, like cut and shoveled in the snow and Gertrude you know, the sweating and like sweating and exhausted, but like shovel in the hand is just looking back and forth and be like, that looks right. That looks, I did that. That looks, that looks, does that look right? Amelie, does that look right? Did I do it? Did I, I don't know if I did it right. I think I did it right though. It looks right. This is an exact cubic half foot, Miss Gertrude. You did it right. Congratulations. Um, And just like, the widest shot of the bed and breakfast is just the yell. I did it right. <laughs> I'm putting a token. I'm putting two tokens onto the propane tax. I'm taking another bingo because Amelie is processing another new feeling. Suddenly, as Amelie is watching Gertrude shouting, I did it right. They feel their chest shaking. Their shoulders rattle a bit and they look around in alarm. But this is no attack. Could this be, could this be laughter? (laughs) 
And as suddenly as it started, it stops as Amelie looks around in confusion, unaware of what the warm feeling in the middle of this cold, wet, dark yard is. Put another token on the driveway. How many tokens are left on your question? Just one. Just one. Mm-hmm. Tokens are flying. I love it. Um, I have one, two, three, four left on mine. Wait, hold on. No, I did the counting wrong. Jeez Louise. I have one, two, two, four. Six, six. Got it. All right. So Amelie, Amelie just laughed and then stopped because they were like, what the hell was that? My chest was shaking. It was scary. Did you, did you want me to go get someone to take a look at you? I mean, that seemed good. I, I'm, I'm happy about that, but I can, didn't know if you wanted. All right. I'm going to give you. Wait, I already gave you one. So I have five left of mine because I gave you a token. All right. So I'm going to give you another token because Mm -hmm. I gave, because I'm refusing to diverge from my programming. And as, as Gertrude is expressing concern and maybe a little bit of excitement for the fact that Amelie just laughed, Amelie immediately whips around and returns back to the driveway and says, we must return to this. The sun is rising soon, and the rest of the bed and breakfast will be waking. And a little bit of a blush and a little bit of a smile. Gertrude, like quietly, like like gets kind of stone faced, but like a little bit of a smile sneaking through. Back to work. Back to work. Back to work. Perfect. Cubic half feet. Cubic half feet. And I am taking a I am taking a bingo off of my question. I am keeping a secret that I uh, I almost said that I should keep. And now I'm wondering if that might even be a whoopsie or that I shouldn't. You know what? No, this is a secret that I should keep. This is a moment. This is a this is a special moment between us that does not need to be made into something for more people. So I'm going to keep that and I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put one of these onto the propane tanks as we finish the propane tanks, which means uh, one of our three tracks has become filled. And with that, uh, the first rays of dawn peek over the horizon. All right. So the first rays of dawn begin to peek over the, over the horizon. And Amelie looks up, scans back and forth, scans back and forth. Impressive, Miss Gertrude. At this rate, we will be done before it. At this rate, we will be done before the sun finishes rising. And I think hearing those words uh i'm gonna give you another token off of my question because i think hearing you say that and hearing you say hearing you say that and hearing you say that like soon it will be dawn and and the members of the bed and breakfast will begin to rise um we see those perfect cubic half uh, feet turn just peak turn like right back into just chaos and just shoveling is Suddenly, uh, Gertrude is like, everybody's going to be up soon. We got to get, got to get to work. Got to get to work. Um, oh no, Sal's van is not dug out yet. Okay. Um, um, and all of you like, and, and just like runs past you with the shovel. Amelie bends preparing to return to their perfect obtuse angle so they can continue digging perfect cubic feet in the snow, but stops. Something stops them and they watch Gertrude shoveling with wild abandon, throwing snow everywhere, occasionally having to stop because they threw some more into the driveway <sighs> by accident. <sighs> okay, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Amelie watches them and then it occurs to them that most of the time when they have to shovel this much snow, they haven't even cleared a single path yet by this time. Maybe, maybe Gertrude's even being more efficient than them instead of these perfect insertions and scrapes and lift and tossed and insertion and scrape and lift and toss and insertion and scrape and lift and toss. Maybe there's something to be said for shoveling with wild abandon. And Amelie steps forward and begins just shoveling, scrapes them up throw it they twitch a bit because it's it's not efficient it doesn't seem efficient 
but they continue going just 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 trying it just trying it we're just we're just trying it it's fine and they scrape up some more and shovel and throw it and scrape up some more and shovel and throw it and i'm going to take another token from my question and put it on the driveway and, and that fills up the second driveway track that fills up the driveway track yep and now the path is cleared to sal's van and the dawn's light has hit the ice and rainbows have been thrown all over the yard. And I think, I think seeing that, uh, seeing the rainbows, I think, um, Gertrude pauses and goes like sharp upright, like in the middle of, uh, visually I, I, what I imagine we see, uh, we see for at least a moment as the two of us are shoveling with this wild abandon is kind of a little bit evocative of almost a sports anime of like us like intercrossing and like like if you were to make curling into a sports anime of us like shoveling and intercrossing and like soaring past each other as we just tear the rest of the snow out of this driveway and then suddenly in the middle of a push Gertrude stops upright shovel shovel next to her and looks around Amelie, Amelie, look, look, look. Yes, optical illusions are quite common in the early morning light. And Amelie returns to shoveling. And that's a whoopsie. I'm going to take a, she is refusing to diverge from her programming. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not efficient to stop and admire the morning light in the snow. And so I give that token to you. All right. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put that token right onto our third track as I think more shoveled. And I think there is, just a, a a moment there is just this moment uh there's a moment of hurt i'm take i'm going to give i'm going to give you a token off of my question there's a moment there's a profound moment of hurt right like i think we see these rainbows and gertrude is looking out at them and she doesn't say anything she doesn't tell amelie that like that was a moment that she was hoping to share and that they shared that moment with the laughter and that and and it it kind of brings her down and she doesn't say it and it, in a way that you know maybe even the gertrude of a, of a of an hour or two ago when we started this uh this shoveling adventure might have said something but gertrude doesn't say anything and keeps a secret that i shouldn't keep so i'm handing you uh a token off of my question normally when i see people talking about like oh my god it's so cute i'm going to scream i'm like what the hell not can't relate but like I feel like a primordial streak building in me at Good. this, Good. At this that's, episode. That's, that's what we're that's what we're chasing after. That's the that's the I'm, heart I'm of the like, show. I'm like, don't scream on mic. Don't do it. Don't be just be a normal person. Cause like <laughs> that's that's the energy that we're chasing. That's 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 when the show hits. It's hitting. I'm like, I'm like, look at, I'm like, look at, I'm, so I have this bottle of or this tube of lotion right here, and I'm like holding the lotion tube because I can't find my <laughs> squeezy bottle, and I'm like. What the fuck? <laughs> that makes me so happy. I need to find my like little um I have like a little squeezy it's it's like a little Pokemon little Mew that I squeeze and I just like squeeze its little head. <laughs> I don't know where it is though. The cat likes to play with it, which is not great. Um anyway, so Amelie is just continually methodically they've they've returned to this kind of methodic shoveling but they're not doing the same exact precise one perfect cubic foot toss perfect cubic foot toss they're just more methodically shoveling toss shovel toss shovel toss and they found a rhythm and i'm going to put a little uh token on the mailbox path we now have two tokens mm -hmm on the mailbox path and that has taken all the tokens from my question all right well then uh that means that it is each of our turn to answer would you like to read your question and then uh i will give you uh i will give you gertrude's answer and then we will hear amelie's answer okay oh i just realized i i completely forgot um that was a whoop scene when Amelie was just like, oh, yes, the, these optical illusions. Um, oh. which, that was a unique whoopsie for this chapter. Oh, I um, forgot that we have our, I forgot we have unique whoopsies this chapter. Amelie ignored something beautiful. Dang. Why did you do that, Amelie? 
Okay, so I actually, I can't have put in this token on the track because that was my last token. I gave it to you instead. So that's yours. We, we only have one token on the mailbox path. Okay. Um, that means I have two tokens in front of me and I have one token left on my question. Mm-hmm. And then I, I have a couple tokens from you. So the question is, is caring for others enough? I didn't think it, I didn't think so. I didn't think so this morning. Didn't think so when I woke up. I didn't think so when I walked outside, I made that point kind of abundantly clear, but honestly, looking out over everything and thinking about Sal walking out to his, to his van. Seeing- Amelie makes it at the, at the, at the mention of Sal, Sal, Sal Amelie makes a little, buzzing a quick buzz a little mm, that in anyone else in an organic creature might be quantified as disparaging (laughs) but i think it might be i think the joy in taking care of one another and the little moments that it allows us and i think gertrude as she's kind of quietly thinking all of this to herself thinks about that moment of laughter and thinks about those rainbows and thinks, you know what? There's, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. So maybe not ready to say yes yet, but maybe. An unquantified answer. Perhaps I should have clarified is caring for others enough when it means you don't care for yourself. And Amelie pauses in their shoveling, just staring at the snow. I don't know. Her speech is halting, as if she's gathering her thoughts. This is an Amelie that no one is accustomed to. They're usually so precise, so clear and to the point. It's unusual to hear them speak so slowly. I am a machine, but I'm not a machine. And I care for others, but I don't know if others care for me. And at first I thought that this was enough, a prime directive, spend your life caring for others. At this point, I am wondering, do I count as others to someone else? And when I wonder that, I think for me, caring for others is not enough. And they slowly resume shoveling. And I think as they resume shoveling, Gertrude stands there for a very, very long time. And then quietly walks, quietly walks uh, around a corner. And a moment later. Uh, I'm going to place one of my, I'm going to hold on to my tokens for now, but I think a moment later calls over to, to Amelie. Amelie, Amelie, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. Amelie immediately throws down the shovel, activates their rocket boots and zooms over to Gertrude. Is everything all right? I have a small first aid kit in my left leg if you need it. No, no. I just knew that was going to get your attention. I, I wanted to show you something. Amelie's eyes narrow in the LED display on their face. And uh, wiping the, wiping the, like shaking her hand, which is like a little bit discolored from the cold. uh, She kind of like uh, points at Amelie and points at the ground. And there is, it's a little drawing. It's a little crude drawing. It's kind of a stick figure drawing, but it's, there's a drawing of Amelie and of Gertrude with shovels in hand. And it's got a little star around it. It's not a heart, but it's a star. And it's the two of them standing and standing in the star. And she points, he's like, look what I did. I couldn't quite get the rocket boots right, but I think it's, it's, I I hope that's okay. I can try again. If you want me to try and get the rocket boots, right. Amelie looks at the the primordial screeches building. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I can't like, don't scream on mic. Don't, don't deafen Jeff. Um, But like, (laughs) So Amelie looks at the little drawing and looks at Gertrude slowly and then looks back at the drawing. The rocket boots and my legs are a little wider at the base, 
and she strikes a little pose and activates the rocket boots. Okay. 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 Uh, okay. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And like grabs like a bunch of snow and like starts patting it down and like kind of re-sketching it with her finger. Like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 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 Um. Yeah. Great. Love it. Uh. Is that better? Is that better? I think it's better. I- Allow me to activate my scanner. And Amelie scans the little drawing. And after a moment, they turn to Gertrude and nod. This is acceptable. Same, same wide shot of the entire bed and breakfast. Acceptable! <laughs> putting another token onto... So that is actually the final token off of my question. And I'm putting a token onto our, onto our uh, mailbox. But that means that we both answer the question... Will we always be falling behind on everything? Amelie looks at Gertrude and looks back at the snow that is still piled up on the path of the mailbox and looks at the dawn's light and realizes that for as great of a head start as they got by having Gertrude there to help them, all of a sudden they're behind. Your question at this time is most apt, Miss Gertrude. Might I suggest we discuss it while continuing to shovel the mailbox path? But before they turn away from the little drawing in the snow, you see Amelie turn to it and their face turns to a ring, like a little camera shutter, and you hear a little shutter noise. They've recorded a picture of Gertrude's drawing. And uh, Gertrude, stone face, uh, like, like lifts up, lifts up her mask gives a little like mask down and like mask down and like i'm putting both of the tokens that i have onto the mailbox putting us up to four tokens as i answer the question okay so after this after this we've got a i know parish is making breakfast it's pancake day i love pancake day it is it is of the breakfast of the breakfast pastries it is easily in my top seven and so like i love Pancake day. I'm very, very excited about it. We're going to go, we're going to help Parrish. He usually tries to kick me out of the kitchen, but like he needs my help. And we're going to do that. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to fold some law. Well, I'm going to mess with the laundry. I'm going to put it into a pile so that I can sit. And then I'm going to read the book. <sighs> it's a busy day. That's okay. You know what? It must be stated that we are understaffed. You know, <sighs> there's always more to do, but it beats being bored. Sometimes, again, you're not used to hearing Amelie sound this uncertain, a little bit cranky, a little bit snappish, or the consummate perfect housekeeper, yes, but uncertain? That's not an Amelie you know. Sometimes, and their voice hums and modulates, sometimes I wish there was someone here aside from me to do the housekeeping. But it's nice to have your help this morning, Miss Gertrude. Thank you. And the words thank you coming from Amelie, it sounds like they don't know what it feels like to say it. All right, I'm going to take one of my little spare. Actually, go ahead. Do whatever you're going to do. Oh, no, 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 that was perfect. Uh, I was like, I'm going to take one of my little... uh tokens that i got from you and put it on this thing put it on the mailbox tab brings us to five tokens on the mailbox when the track is completely full the shoveling is done and we can go back inside and finish talking over hot cocoa the bed and breakfast gets a festive mug gertrude and amelie split the leftover tokens for housekeeping the chapter ends when we answer the question did we do a good job? So as Gertrude and Amelie troop back into the house with the cleared driveway path to the propane tank and cleared mailbox path, they can hear the beginnings of clatterings in the kitchen as a sleepy parish wanders around getting together the implements needed for pancake day. Upstairs, they can hear Yazeba and Sal beginning to move around in their rooms. And an inevitable stomping up and down the stairs signaled that Hey Kid was indeed awake. The Moonprints like to sleep in sometimes, though maybe they would see them sometime soon. But for now, there was still time for a cup of hot cocoa together in the dining room. 
how does Gertrude take her hot cocoa? This is an extremely important question for me to think about in this moment. You know what? I want there to be a ton of marshmallows in that bitch. There's got to be a ton of marshmallows. Like, it's got to be. There has to be. There has to be. She's a trans girl. There's no other answer that makes sense. There's no other answer that makes sense. She loves marshmallows. Exactly. Exactly. She's a trans girl teenager, too. And kids fucking love sugar. Kids love marshmallows. Exactly. And then Amelie, I'm just imagine Amelie, like, like just having a cup of cocoa, just throwing it on their face. <laughs> like, Gertrude's like, how do you drink that, Miss Amelie? And Amelie's like, same way you do, and just throws it on your face. All right. And sure enough, Gertrude just throws, like, exactly the same gesture, just throws the thing back. All right. Understood. No visible mouth solidarity. No. So, how did we do today? Miss Gertrude, your help was most appreciated shoveling the yard. While we may not have shoveled it in the most efficient manner, we got it done on time. She sits with her cocoa for a minute and quite like sits her and sips and, and looks and looks over at Parrish. Uh, Parrish is, you know, uh, Parrish is managing about six pans at once, just like hopping between them. Looks back over at Amelie, and the last thing that I'd like to say is, do you need any help with anything else today? Amelie blinks once, twice, and though they had no mouth, it was easy to hear the smile in their voice. Yes, Miss Gertrude, I think I do. And with that, we pan away from the bed and breakfast, and that is game. (laughs) Okay. Primordial screech out. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, I wanted it on mic and I'm glad so that we got good. it. I mean, and that was like a little one too. I was like, you cannot just like be like, like no, this we is need, a- it needed, it needed to, it needed to be on mic. <laughs> I'm so evil to watch shows with because anytime something emotional happens, I'll be like, or like, I'll make like some horrible, like dinosaur reminiscent type noise. And I can't help it. I just feel the emotions. <laughs> That was fantastic. That was incredible. That what was a wonderful, so good. What a wonderful, what a wonderful uh, game experience. I'm so happy that we got to play together. This was yeah, great. Thank you for having me. That was an absolute pleasure. Um, uh, Amelie has a really fun dynamic. And, you know, I, again, I think this applies to literally every character in Yazeva's Bread and Breakfast. But, I, of course, I'm not going to lie. I have a special attachment to Amelie. But Amelie's dynamic is like, you know, the sole housekeeper of this understaffed sprawling bed and breakfast. It, it, it really, it, it, it leads to some emotional moments that mm-hmm. I really find myself like, oh, like just weeping at. <laughs> I love it. So before we wrap up, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, this was wonderful. Before we wrap up, where can people find you, your work and Yazeba's bed and breakfast online? You can find me on Twitter at Big Nose Agenda, all one word. Um, and if you're wondering where that handle came from, just take a look at my art and any of my characters. Very few of them have small noses. No small noses 2022. We don't want them. I can also be found on Ko-Fi forward slash Angelito, A-N-G-E-L-I-T-O. I'm going to be remodeling my Ko-Fi soon. For the team that I work with at Clearwater Give Water, where we do a lot of homelessness outreach, including providing water to our friends on the streets. It does get very hot and humid here for most of the year down here in Florida. And providing clean, safe drinking water to our friends on the streets is one of our top missions, as well as harm reduction, hygiene supplies, and providing avenues to look into safe housing and other alternatives to living on the streets if people want it. We believe in giving people dignity and choice first. I also have a graphic novel coming out in 2024 called Cabaret Macabre, taking place in New Orleans. And a lot like Yezeba's, it focuses on found family, magic in the ordinary, and discovering who you are in a big, scary world. I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was uh, an incredible experience top to bottom. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap things up. Take a future me. 
Thanks, Pass Me. And thanks again to Mercedes for coming on to the show. That game was magical. It was everything that I wanted it to be. It was, I think, the perfect summation of what makes Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast really special. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about the game, the game is currently on Kickstarter. You can find more about that at tinyurl.com slash or you can check out the Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast actual play podcast. You can find a link to that in the show notes. And like I said, you can find more about Mercedes and his work at Big Nose Agenda on Twitter. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review or Podchaser review or Spotify review or Podcast Addict review or Podbean review. I don't know. People leave reviews a lot of places. Do it one of those spots. I'll either get it in my inbox and see it and go, hey, or like I'll find it later and go, yay. Either way, it's a great experience for me and it would really, it means a lot to me more than anything. You can also support the show financially at patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer or ko-fi.com slash Jeff Stormer. Do you want to talk about this episode? Do you want to talk about wrestling with me? Do you want to talk about board games or play a weird game or something at some point? Head to bit.ly slash party of one discord and join the party of one discord community. Do you enjoy the silly uh, future may pass me bit that I do every week? Head to bit.ly slash party of one merch and pick up the brand new future me past me shirt designed by friend of the show, Caro Assertion. Uh, I own one and it makes me very happy when I wear it because it is a bit that is very close to my heart. Now, I know that I already plugged a second podcast earlier in the episode, and you should go listen to the Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast podcast, but if after you listen to both this show and that show, you're looking for a third podcast to listen to, check out All My Fantasy Children on the One Shot Podcast Network. It's a show where every week, my best friend, Aaron Catano Saez, and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming on to the show's guest, or about press coverage, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that is, I believe, all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always... Party on, everybody.